This episode is brought to you by David Utuone and Manufo Lianga Anawai. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. Okay, okay, okay. Today I do not have a would you rather question. However, I do have this nice, wonderful question that I want to just kind of throw out there. I feel like it'll just kind of set the tone and bring out some good cheery attitude out each and every one of us. But this question is for everyone. So I'll kind of popcorn this and throw it to somebody. But what's the best part of being you? Afrotania. Uh, Um, (laughs) I know it's a corny answer, but like I've worked very hard to love all of me. And everything of me, mm-hmm. and to just pick one part of me is just gonna do me a disservice. Honestly, cut it out. Come on, pick one. <laughs> just pick one. One thing. Yes. Um, I I I love my sense of creativity. That's mm. the thing that I love about myself. Like Facts. that, yeah. I can manifest my creativity in different kinds of ways, and it's something that cannot be taught. It was just you know, it was it's just innate. given, mm. mm-hmm. and that's something I can't credit to me. It's to whoever made me <laughs> so yeah I'm, my sense of creativity is something I really value and I, I like about myself mm. I like your creativity too we, we love your creativity I love your um, the lyrics to the music you make oh, I'm excited about that yeah me too and your creative ways of roasting on people damn <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. very creative damn <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, creative word choices. <laughs> yeah. You have creative wordplay for sure. <laughs> creative shade. We'll just take it as that. <laughs> Go ahead. I have a ten and choose one. Uh, Fia. State the question again, please. Okay. What's the best part of being Fia? Um, okay. So this week was kind of heavy, but I think it might be my stubbornness or my resiliency. Um, Mm. and so it's like carrying a lot, like carrying so much, like all of these like immediate crises and like the Mm. crises of other people that we serve. Um, it gets overwhelming and it's like, but I just can't like, it's like something in me won't give up. Like I just have to wake up every morning and it's like, I got to go to work. I got to keep doing it. And it's like, even though I'm facing all of these things, it, it feels so great to share all of those moments of resiliencies with others, like their breakthroughs. When my kids call me and say, mm. I bought a car or I'm alive today because of you. It like I'm like, I get to share all that. But at the same time, I'm like balancing balancing it with like um, holding so much. Mm. Um, and so I think I'm just stubborn, though. Like, I just won't decide to die. I just won't lay down and die. And I'm like looking at everybody else. So I'm like, oh, damn. I guess. <laughs> but... Maybe that part. <laughs> um, D boy. Uh, I was. This is uh hard, but I think. Can you repeat it again, yeah. please? Yeah. Y'all would never pass this. the pageant, what? bro. I know, right? <laughs> what? What's... Fuck a pageant. Yeah. Yeah. What's pageants. the best part of being you? Mm. Uh, I think for me the. The best part about being me is my uh, willingness to grow. Nice. Yeah, you know, That's like good. I think a lot of um, what what I stand for, what I believe in, is not is not so deeply. Uh, it, it, it's not 
it's not cemented in a way where I can't evolve and grow, mm-hmm. right? I'm not very good. I'm not um I'm not prone to just staying the same way. Mm. I'm willing to learn. I might push back uh and really want to unpack shit, but that's because I need to understand it and I need it to click. Mm-hmm. Um and so my my uh what's that called? Not resilience, but my just just not wanting to take the answers you're giving me or or anything like that as a as a be all say all you know like mm-hmm. just to just to really comb things out and pull back um the pieces of the onion I need that so that I can uh understand it and believe it for myself to then carry it out um uh throughout the rest of my life so yeah does, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Nice. How about you, partner? Um, I think the best part about being me is I, I think I take pride in just being very teachable. Mm. I really just uh, yeah. I feel like that's I'm 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 constantly hungry to learn from anybody. Especially this girl to my left and to my right and to the one in front of me. You have all been this great girl, teachers. This girl right here. <laughs> hey, sis. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, that's how you evolve. Right? <laughs> You're not rigid. Yeah, You're being, flexible. Yeah. yeah, being very teachable. I really take pride in that. I also take pride in um, just uh, having that ability. And I'm very, I I love I love this area about me. But I have the the ability to draw people. Mm. You do. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. really do. It's, Charisma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got an energy. That charismatic yeah. <laughs> spirit. But yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the great things I really love and appreciate. Sometimes it can go against me, but we're working on it. All things in moderation. I yeah. know, that's right. <laughs> that's a really um, interesting way to open this, especially, I don't know, for I don't know how y'all feel, but for me, I hate that question because it's like, damn, I have to speak about myself yeah, in, in this way where we don't normally, you know, right. just say like, "Oh, this is what I like about me," or "This is what's the best piece about me." I think our cultures are are geared towards this, um, and I'm going to talk about it in my own episodes. But like this whole fake humility, mm. oh, um, false humility, where where humble being humble also means to be self deprecating, mm. to be yeah. humiliated on, instead of being coming in humility Mm -hmm. so when we have our own accomplishments and our own achievements that we want to celebrate we have people in our family that will be like calm down Mm -hmm. yeah you ain't nobody chill out (laughs) go wash those dishes clean that toilet then take your degree and go make me some (laughs) (laughs) and wipe your ass with that degree (laughs) and there's always that person that was like I don't care how many degrees you have I will beat your ass and I'm like okay bye family but then we don't gain the sense of like how can we talk about ourselves how can we praise ourselves yeah. how do we develop that internal mechanism that will constantly affirm ourselves right. within ourselves without having to be slaves to the opinions of others so mm-hmm. it does it does you know what i mean that question is it's shitty like, yeah. it's okay. wonderful it's a wonderful focus but like when you're not taught to like self-affirm it's yes. scary yeah like you sound like an it's asshole like, oh, you're like oh hey. what do i like about myself <laughs> <laughs> see shit that we have to unlearn <laughs> the shit we gotta decolonize yep. right? 
Gosh, mm. damn it. What it do, Kaipu? This is your host, D-Boy. Welcome to For The Cultures Podcast. I'm your other host, Bex Bumble. And those beautiful and uh, revolutionary voices you hear <laughs> have been on this show before. We'd like to welcome back our guest, Afro Tainan. And Fia 415, what it do? (laughs) (laughs) How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Uh, You know, they feeling great. I'll answer for y'all. Oh, hell no. (laughs) I am in recovery. Oh, oh, yeah, you're in recovery for sure. You're looking uh, mighty... um, Floral today. (laughs) I feel, did you you make that outfit? soil. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Things grow around me. Um, I just came back from church, so yes, I Lord. Have, I haven't been feeling very well lately. So <laughs> when I don't feel well, I have to look the opposite of how I feel. And uh, so if that. I'm feeling really shitty, then yeah. I'm gonna dress to the nines. And mm-hmm. people, you know, when people compliment you or you just yeah. look good, you start to want to feel, feel better. Good. Yeah. But yeah, that's just where I'm at. I can't do that, man. I really cannot do that. Yeah. If I feel shitty, I'm. I'm looking shitty all the way, <laughs> honey. I mean, uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> I can't with them, them stunners you got on. With your weekend at, at Bernie stunners. <laughs> I went to bed at 6 a.m. I'm burnt. What was you doing? You know, we was we had a show last night. That's why I bumped into Fia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fia, didn't you go home at 5? No, I did not go out. <laughs> you hit the back door fast. As, I was looking for you. As soon as my niece got off the stage for the second time, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. I'm, I'm saying bye to one person and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. You get lost in saying bye to everybody. And, KZ, yeah. and she was asking for you too. KZ, Vokes. You do. Oh. <laughs> Abriel. Yes. Yeah, she was asking oh, for you. Like, Where's Danny boy? He's in his new home, basking mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. all his glory. Yes. Um, but yeah. Well, welcome to the show, ladies. We appreciate yes, welcome you. Welcome back. It's Thanks good to have you all. Yeah. Uh, so as we always do, uh, before we get into uh, conversation, we'd like to ask our guests if they would uh, like to give any sort of offering or blessing as a way to ground us in this episode, center us to be ready uh, to have this conversation. So I'll, I'll pass it to y'all because I know we want to do a little something. <laughs> so um, this is Afrotene. And my grounding, uh, usually when I come on here, I ground with a prayer, but I'm going to start with a quote um, that I have seen and I've I created it, but I just saw it. You know how Facebook reminds you mm. of shit you posted ages ago. Mm. And <laughs> the so, brilliance. <laughs> so for today, it's it's hard when you are always teaching to mm. remember that in life you are always the student. And I feel mm. like when when we get in these spaces or when we're invited to go into other spaces, we're always there to teach and we're yes. always there to educate yes. and we never take the time to be educated mm-hmm. or we get so we get so rigid in mm-hmm. what we're teaching about and we say these are the black and white lines when really it's mm-hmm. a bunch of gray areas so i just want to ground us in this conversation especially that um to just open your hearts open your ears open your minds and challenge yourself uh don't challenge the information Mm. but challenge yourself with the information you can make your own opinions off of it but as we have this conversation be open Mm. open um so for me i think a way of grounding is always to bring myself to a state of gratitude and a state of presence and Mm. so it's like i always want to acknowledge the context of where i'm at and 
this space, right? Like I'm always talking about things in terms of space and I'm sure we'll get into it today, just the way that people interact with space. But I am so grateful for this space and to be invited here, right? Mm. What an honor that is. Mm. And to be talking about something, to have a conversation that's super impactful for the way that like we view the world, like our lens of the world and um, just that conscious awareness. Um, So... Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for... So, like, when Danny Boy brought it up to me, like, I really had to challenge my identity and my egotistical, like, stances on things and to really be open about what this conversation means Mm -hmm. to my own culture. Yeah. So, I just want to say thank you um, for just being Bex and Danny Boy and, and for continuing to be and all that means for people thank you thank you i appreciate you both uh for bringing our attentions to uh these ways of uh, centering ourselves in this conversation because it it, it ain't an easy one that's for sure um bruh (laughs) (laughs) which leads segue to bruh that's how that's how much energy i have for all of this is just bruh you know um what we've been doing is is focusing our brothers on one uh, specific topic or a specific theme, and this this bra for this episode is really rooted in the conversation that we um, are going to have about appropriating Black culture. Um, and so there was a tweet that I seen this week, and this is not the first time I've seen this tweet. Um, I've seen. I've seen this come up plenty of times all over social media. I've heard this in my life um, associated with myself or with many others. Um, And I'll just go ahead and read the tweet. It says, why do mainland Polys or Polynesians think they're black? You know what? Just be black. I don't consider y'all Polys anyway. And the reason why I wanted to bring highlight this tweet is because it's so fucking irritating and so annoying that there's always this idea that uh, those of us who exist here on the continent um, want to be black right and it made me think about like what is it what is uh, blackness associated with, right? And how is blackness defined? What does it mean to be black? And so I just wanted to throw this out there uh, for us to for us to dissect a little bit. I mean, what comes up for y'all when you when y'all seen this tweet? <laughs> We're trying to figure out language. She's. I mean, I just I just seen this tweet, but. Um, I get it. Like, I really do get it. Because, like, I've been I've been on and off the mainland. Mm-hmm. So, because black culture has been so commercialized, bought and sold, yes. and, and, and just taken into our homes, our villages, and things like that, I could understand why someone who probably does not subscribe to a certain cultural byproducts of black culture could say that. Yeah. Mm. Um, because we have such a strong 
structure of culture, especially for Samoans, we know what is Samoan and what isn't Samoan. Mm -hmm. And the lens in which they are seeing that from is a traditional lens. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they look at they look at diaspora Samoans as this like you're you're too far removed Mm -hmm. from the source. You're Mm -hmm. you're you're acting outside of what we consider our, our values and our, you know, our ways of living. And they they do Add into that lens is a sense of anti-blackness, though, too. Right. That's, that's yes. that part. That um, because it's just like we associate blackness with negative things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to not be Samoan and to try to um, exemplify black culture is to downgrade yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also get get people who do too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do way too much. Yeah. And they think they are entitled to black culture and start saying things and doing things that they don't know the value or the nuances of in black culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so not only do they offend Samoans, but they offend black folks too. <clears throat> yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it. It's it's annoying, but I get it. Mm-hmm. When I really thought about it, um, trying to take a step back, right? Because I was born and bred in San Francisco in public housing. Um, and taking a step back from my ego, I was like, black culture is never honored for what it brings to the table Mm -hmm. and how it influences space Mm -hmm. and, um, the way people live. Right. Um, and so that was just something that I've been like trying to, you know, come, come concrete with, like, what are we doing as Pacific Islanders to really honor the black culture that we intersect with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that you know all my 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 kids my nieces they're i mean i ain't got no kids i have to say this all the time (laughs) but you know like how my kids wear box braids and they they do feed-ins and um making sure that i'm translating um i mean as best as i can right the black body's history in north america um and what that means you know what their trauma means and and how they interact with space with those generational traumas that that haven't been healed mm-hmm. um, and what we're doing in those spaces. Right. When we came back from when we came from the islands um, <laughs> and into public housing, um, it, it just it just helped me to pivot and be like, oh, um, when Danny Boy was saying acculturate. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I was right. I was like, oh, you're right. That is the dominant culture of the space. Of the space. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's like really just seeing how beautiful it gets in San Francisco, just the multiculturalism. I might be going off on a pivot, but um, so my boy Harvey with All In, um, he's Filipino. And he earlier before the summer, he invited me to uh, this gallery event where, where his pictures were being featured in a gallery for like a month. And it was mm-hmm. called new mestizex and um new mestizex celebrates transcultural hybridity exploring what emerges when cultural identities histories and people intersect in the bay area Mm -hmm. the works on view reflect the experience of 12 artists of filipinx and latinx heritage living in between worlds as they navigate their identity through the lens of new mestex Mm -hmm. a term inspired by writer gloria anzaldua through photography, mixed media, prints, paintings, textile, and audio installations, artists explore how gentrification, motherhood, transnational migration, and intergenerational transmission of culture informs how they choose to remember or redefine traditions. Mm. And so it's like there's just a blooming <clears throat> of, you know, the way people interact with space 
and those um, intersections, like this, these new evolving cultures, right? Mm-hmm. I might be taking up too too much space. No, you're, no, you're, you're going down. <laughs> but it's like um, just being a first generation um, American here on the mainland um, in public housing, you can see how we are veering away from culture. Mm-hmm. Like none of my elders are alive. And most of my parents' generation died are dying before they're 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's really no one to pass the baton to and say that this is our culture, to keep mm-hmm. it up. And even, I mean, in some families, you know, like, they, they assimilate automatically when they come here to mm-hmm. exist in this Western to American survive. culture, to yes. survive, right? And, yes. and un, like, unsubconsciously, er, like, not eradicating, but over times and generations from now eradicating our identity as uh, indigenous people, right? As Samoan people, because steering away so, f- uh, so far away from culture, right? Like not, not prioritizing language being spoken in the house, not prioritizing speaking to your uh, children yeah. in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's what's coming up for me. <clears throat> yeah. And you bring that up. So it's like, it's like really seeing our kids not having, you know, it's like I barely, like I had my grandmother and I was able to go to 2-6 and, and do Lotu Tumeti. That's next Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I only have two nephews. So it's like opposed to like all of your first cousins doing Why Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now it's only like this, you know, this generation of kids. I only have two nephews that are going and it's only because his great grandparents are alive. Mm-hmm. That my brother's mm-hmm. wife's... Um, grandparents are alive Mm -hmm. is that they're participating in these traditional activities Mm -hmm. um and so it was like it's always like having this conversation and then just i feel really grateful to have um that substance or this this context of support where the filipino and the latin um, communities like the way they coexist together and just them really identifying that hybridity and what that means to like what it really means to be a San Franciscan um, very special to that space right very special to the migratory um, patterns of people um, so yeah somebody but catch like, me Phil- <laughs> the Philippines were colonized by the Spanish yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes. so they have what you call it they have a complicated history yeah that's together. like that's a lot but that's kind of brave to put that there because it recognizes like there is a mixed um identity in the filipino community like there where they have those yeah, traditions like already so yes like that's dope i like that um did he show the exhibit already or yeah so it was an, it was from it was like uh may to june okay um but really <clears throat> really dope human being and it's like um also shout out to nina parks it's like yeah <laughs> hey she was shouted out last episode too you, by rocky you can't really it's like so nina came in and talk, so it was like i was just a huge fan um because she's such a huge supporter of the all-in um organization mm-hmm. that does their you know they do their toy drive um they serve the homeless uh, they do the backpack giveaway and so i've been i've been rocking with them since the beginning in the background right um and it's like nina had some like was so supportive of them like I kind of knew her and I was just such a huge fan and it was like you can't ever catch her identity like you really don't know that my girl is like Jewish and Filipino <clears throat> she looks straight up Latin and mm-hmm. it's like you know her alter ego is Nina, Nina Parks it's you know that's not her real name <laughs> and, and so I don't know it's I feel really blessed um, to grow up 
in a space such as San Francisco and to really experience all of those cultures, like in school, you know, we really practice Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my palate is like, you know, like uh, my first love is, I always call it my first love. My first love was Puerto Rican Puerto Rican and uh, Chinese. And so it's like when I lived with him for hella years, it was like we was waking up eating red meat because um, his sisters was just cooking all the time. Mm. Um, but what that means, but also let's go back to black culture, like honoring their history. So mm-hmm. how do we do that? Um, and it starts with conversations like this. And I'm sure there are more things being done, but I'm really glad to be a part of this conversation. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of layers that we need to remove from this like little tweet because I don't know how t- how he's how he's viewing black, mm-hmm. you know, because he's saying, why do mainline polys think they're black? Like think like think like they're black by the way they dress by the way they talk, like it's, by the way they what carry themselves, by, I mean by the way they identify, like there's so many ways just to, to get kind, down, just to get down. That's why I mean that's why you know like I think it's it's important to ask contextually, especially with this person, this person's perspective of like how is blackness defined? How how do you see blackness? Right, because up to your point, um, Afrotina is just like how. There's a lot of anti-blackness sentiment rooted mm-hmm. in this tweet because there's also a lot of anti-blackness uh, behavior in in our community, in mm-hmm. our culture, right? This whole idea of um, appropriating black culture but not recognizing yeah. mm-hmm. uh, black bodies, black history, mm-hmm. um, and and all of the above, right? And and then even to when you brought up the point of like uh, your nieces and your kids and whatnot, like rocking box braids. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time seeing Polly girls rock that. Was it Dolly? No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't Dolly. I forgot who it was. <laughs> I didn't even I, who. I was like, "Damn, Dolly, you getting shouted out on the podcast?" <laughs> That's big sis. But um, That's big sis. it was like it was like a, uh, one of my cousins. But then I just seen hella Polly girls getting box braids, mm-hmm. and I had an issue with it because yeah. I'm like, why? Why y'all doing that? That's yeah. not yours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it it was weird. It was yeah. weird to me. I I didn't feel, I feel like it. that was that to me. Look, it is a, it looks like appropriation, right? Appropriating uh, black culture because of what I grew up seeing was like a lot of um, the girls in school rocking uh, box braids. Mm. I think of Janet Jackson and Poetic Justice. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Like those are I always think about justice braids like that, and it was always. Uh, black girls, black women who Jada Pinkett, who right, yeah, <laughs> yep, in different world and mm-hmm. and no, she didn't have those in Jason's lyric, but she was she had them in Menace of Society. Anyways, it was never it was never outside of that, outside of the black community that uh, was rocking box braids, but it wasn't even someone uh, women that I seen rocking it first. I remember when I first seen white women doing that shit. I've yet to and see. I a was white like, woman. I what have. the hell? I, well, I mean, I don't see. Too many white women in District Ten, so <laughs> right. And uh, this is this was in L.A. Okay, this was in L.A. when I That's seen this different. shit. Oh, they're and, out there. Yeah. They're out there. And then it, they was talking about because uh, I guess she's a hairstylist, and she was talking about how she does uh, weave, and she even knows she she wears she rocks weave, and I'm like, damn, that's. Rachel, fuck. Rachel Dawson braids hair. It, <laughs> she does, bro. Rachel Dawson braids hair. 
She was invited to go speak at a braiding convention, bro. Like, I don't who who led the braiding convention? I think it was like a. I don't know if it was a black convention, but it probably was. But yeah, she was she was featured as a braider, and I Bruh. mean everything about her. Bro, that's a whole nother conversation. <sighs> it's you about do. the same, actually. It's about the same, <laughs> right? You know, it was funny because we was trying to figure out if we was gonna start with I the know. question or would you rather. Let me just pause what we doing right now. Let me ask y'all a question real quick. <laughs> oh, this sounds fun. Would you rather be Rachel Dolezal or oh. Tommy Laren? Y'all familiar with Tommy? This uh, comedian, right? Tommy yeah. Laren. He's a comedian. No, she, she she's oh, that. Uh, oh, Loren. Yeah, Loren. Loren. There you go. Oh, we can't. always mess her. You can't. You can't. I don't know. I can't pick. She's the one who uh, she was like on Fox News. She did this segment called Final Thoughts. She's hella racist, hella bigoted. White girl on Fox News. You know that. That's smart. why I don't want. I ain't had cable for like at least it's, seven years <laughs> right? it's on social media too I'll be watching TV too yeah but it's all over social media YouTube everything yeah yeah which one would you be <laughs> man I'm gonna get my black card taken bro like this is stupid but I would rather be Rachel Dozzle I'd rather right? be Rachel would, because this white woman She's she really awful. did everything she could yeah. to She's be awful. black she was even part of the N- NAACP and they didn't even catch her bro It they caught her when her sister or her family was like that bitch oh, is you're white you talking about Rachel yeah yes. Rachel oh. I would rather be Rachel she was she was making some moves she was making mad yeah. maneuvers but she, but she has like a reverence for it, a weird twisted reverence yeah. for it but Tommy Loren's like oh like oh well if you get shot by the police why did you resist like I don't why did you do resist in the first place yeah. yeah I'd rather be Rachel yeah what kills me about that sentiment is that that's that's almost how we coach our kids right so I'm very understanding of the context of, of how we're living but it's like Kurt my program director he always got to come like because he's a black man he's always like well you should you should know better you should know better not to have been riding your dirt bike or some crazy stuff. And I'm like, no, my that's my baby's only source of freedom. He deserves to ride his, you know, have that that sense of that space of freedom. But it's like, so it's like a white woman can't say it, but this black man, he's saying it in a way that wants to save your life. Right, that wants to, in a sense, prevent them from being in trouble in the first place. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, when you live in a society where your existence is policed, everything you do is policed. So, of course, we have to raise our kids in a way where it's like, this is how you got to live in order to minimize Mm -hmm. fuck-ass interactions with either authorities or white people. Like, we can't barbecue. We can't sell Mm -hmm. bottles of water. We can't can't even Swim in a swimming pool. Yeah, like, (laughs) we can't exist without somebody getting on the phone, calling the police, you know, just for doing regular things. So, of course, I would understand how... How a black person would just be like, yo, just chill, chill with that shit. Stay in the house or stay in my yard. But if I can't see you, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, the history of the police, right? Like, police were created um, to uh, to capture runaway slaves, right? To control. And I, to had control. A, I had a shotgun drawn on me two and a half weeks ago. Where? By the police. So. What? Where? Where? We were the ones that called the police to help out some Filipino dude who was whipping, like, just straight up kicking this girl's ass, his Where? own girl. Where? No, in in my city, Santa Clara. Santa Clara. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. The dude got out of the car, jumped out of the car, cocked his shotgun, raised it at us, and asked who is who. 
Oh no, bitch! I was yeah. on the phone with dispatch. Are you making a citizen's so, complaint? I already did. Okay, and Man. I already talked to the commission, and I told them like I made a complaint out of because I talked to the dude after. Yeah. He's just a dude trying to do his job, yeah. but then I I, I, no. I, I wrote yeah. right. But there's a way that white people can complain, and yeah. there's a way that black people have mm-hmm. to complain. Mm. And I complained in a way where my it was so annoying because when I talked to the commissioner or whoever the lead was, he was mm-hmm. like, you know, your email was so articulate and we could tell you or da 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 da. And I was just like, yeah, bro, this is how I have to approach you. Because yes. mm-hmm. you kind of have to code switch when you talk to white people. You sure. Because right. if you address it how you want to address it, they're going to take you as being aggressive. Mm-hmm. But if you translate it in a way that they hear and, and can understand, it then becomes reasonable. But then you have this added kind of anti-blackness or racism of like oh you're articulate yeah yes. you're an outlier right. from your <laughs> from your community so you know when you yeah. write police officers you kind of have to gas them up and i mm-hmm. put, i put you know i do understand you have to take precautions when you answer calls in any neighborhood what i did not appreciate is that i'm the one calling to help somebody out yet i am being appointed a gun to i do no protocols i've been around police officers i handle emergency calls i i know what is and and should not be done mm-hmm. and you drawing a, a shot on me mm-hmm. when there is no weapon present is is other an than, issue other and than this, your appearance yeah and then people get people get shot because you got scared ass police and right. we have no we have no use for scared police and this dude was five seven probably like 160 pounds wet mm. <laughs> and like the shotgun looked bigger than him mm-hmm. yeah. and i was just like if you were scared why didn't you wait for backup like right. I, I don't understand. And you got to pop out the fucking shotgun? Bro, all I had was click, click, ding. And I was like, bitch, who Bruh. are you? Would you... No, I, I put on my phone. I was like, okay. I fucking called the police. No. <laughs> and he I would have been afraid to talk. No, <laughs> I wasn't because I just, I was confronted. Like, the only thing you could do is get off one shot and mm-hmm. then somebody's going to come up inside your head with something. But like, we were just like, hello, I'm the mm-hmm. one who called the cops. Like, what are you doing with your gun out? And in those situations, you kind of have to do have to ask them questions because the, when they're scared, there's no time to yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. I mean? Scared and angry are both yeah. of the emotions or whatever things that, that cause people not to think and they automatically go into like shoot mode. Right. So when you ask questions and you, you ask it in a way where it's like to shock them out of their being scared or to have them like really process like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then I tell them, there's no gun here. Why why do you have your weapons out? And so, huh, I don't know. I think um, also when Danny Boy was trying to prompt me for this uh, sit down I was thinking of you and I was um, also us like really identifying what black culture is or what blackness is. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to wear your blackness every day. Right. Um, and so it's it's like um, getting to experience Cal the way I, I did. It's like identifying everyone south of the uh, south of the border as in some correlation with blackness. Everybody that is a second class citizen or I mean. Mm-hmm. Probably not second class. White women are second class citizens. Mm. Um, but are they? They're second class in the upper class. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, like to say we're second class citizens is like I don't even. Know. We're just like in some purgatory <laughs> of, right. um, class we're of citizen. <laughs> we're under. I don't know what we are, but um, under under. But really, like identifying what blackness is mm-hmm. and how it's associated to populations and. Um, how we can use that to to bridge each other, to build those coalitions to say that 
these are some of the intersecting things that we also face um, as Pacific Islanders in this space. I mean, and for me, the biggest thing is addressing Mm anti-blackness, right? And uh, the reason... The reason why I wanted to really put this conversation or to have this conversation was because uh, we 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 know that anti-blackness exists in our Pacifica community specifically, right? We yes. we we exist in that space. Yet, um, so many of us are acculturated mm-hmm. into black culture or are appropriating black culture, mm-hmm. and are a mixing of the two. And I, I don't know. For me, I, I just was having a really hard time with maybe accepting the fact that uh, I contribute to um, appropriating black culture. Me too. Versus, uh, versus like occult, acculturating it. Yes. Um, and the reason why I wanted us to focus on like this kind, like this tweet and this sentiment, is because. This, this, uh, where this is coming from, right? This anti-blackness, where it's coming from, is is very uh, prevalent and prominent in our community mm. that we hear in our in our immediate families, yeah. mm-hmm. that we hear amongst our our cousins, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that we see how our, you know, half uh, those of us who are lighter, or even those who are half white, are treated different than those who are half black. Mm-hmm. And appear black, appear black, mm. versus those that appear white, right? And so, like, I I just wanted us to to talk about this shit because, <sighs> like, what is your main, like, what is your main question that you want to like dissect? Because, like, when you talk about appropriation, this is very broad, mm. like mm-hmm. huge. I think when when we're talking about appropriation. It's easy to single out by white people or white people yes. because we all know what it is to struggle against the hegemonic standards of white people. Because we know what it's like for our culture, right. our Pacifica culture mm-hmm. to that, be appropriated. But that's where we bond, right? We yeah. we all bond under, <clears throat> excuse me, we all bond under the struggle of mm-hmm. hegemony, white, mm-hmm. white standards, white power, white system, right? Right. The muddiness of this conversation happens when we're talking about appropriation between Two minority yeah. folks, right? And that's where the that's where the the conversation gets kind of convoluted mm-hmm. um, because there's there's cultural exchange, yes. cultural appropriation, right. and cultural appreciation, and these things are all just very liquid in a way. But we are very distinct in our cultures, yeah. so it's having that conversation because I think we we get so used to living in the same spaces, facing mm-hmm. the same yeah. economic issues, um, but we don't see that there are also different levels of privilege within both. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like a black body in, in a Samoan setting means mm-hmm. totally different of a Samoan body in a black setting. Right. It's totally different. There is a hierarchy there, mm-hmm. and that's a hierarchy we kind of need to have more conversations about. Because I think less less of it is about appropriation, and mo- most of it is about Samoan people or Polynesian people participating in black culture, but still harboring anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen, mm-hmm. and it can't work. Okay. It can't work Thank because there's, there's yeah. no longer an equal exchange. Yes. Mm. I think that's the issue that I was uh that me that I personally was having when just hearing folks you know not like yourself and other you know other folks that I know just speaking about how uh we 
we at all as Pacific Islanders appropriate black culture, right? And I felt like I had such a problem with that because I know to appropriate means to take, right? And and use for my own benefit when I feel like just my whole upbringing has been rooted in what I assume to be black culture, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of like my politicization, a lot of um, just my correlation with uh the the black with black history in in relation to uh my Samoan identity and history is uh similar because of how they how they've uh fought against oppression right not the same oppression and not mm-hmm. the same circumstances but have definitely fought back um in that way and i just remember like being a young person and always being so uh moved and so uh, interested and so, um, just so, just so present, right? In, mm-hmm. in like all things uh, black culture, mm-hmm. which is why I think I took it hard when yeah. hearing that, like, just this generalized statement of, you know, Pacifica folks um, appropriating black culture, right? It, when we say blanket statements like that, um, I feel included in that. Yet I know that I personally uh, do my best to do the work to um, acknowledge uh, where things are com- where things are coming from, where things are rooted from, and even knowing Black history and Black um, uh, culture, right? Being motivated by so many Black uh, leaders in the community and in history, um, to where I didn't feel like. I felt put in a place that I didn't belong, but I also might not see it. Mm. You know, that's that's something I've really been thinking about. Is I might not see how I right do do the appropriating. I started to look at myself with that same lens. Mm. Um, how am I? How might I be appropriating Black culture? And it's just always to have. I mean, it's always great to have those type of challenges um, because it's like you think you're just existing. You know, like really. With some type of integrity, and you're like, yeah. oh, like shit, like I, I mean, I've I've stopped eating meat pretty much since um February. So every get it, I'm not Catholic, but every year I practice Lent. Um, you stop eating meat, yeah. Oh, so that, I mean, like against my religion, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, hungryism. <laughs> it's so it's like it was having to teach my kids about like their dietary impacts on the planet, right? And it's mm. like, okay, let me let me try this. And um, just really seeing the way that industrialized farming um, affects um, the food and the meat and how that transfer that how that energy transfers into you. And so it was like I'm I am now conscious of that. I'm I'm so conscious of, you know, my global identity and my impacts on the planet that it's like, OK, you know, I try to live as consciously as I can in coordinates with the planet. And so it's like. I don't like like I have like three pairs of shoes and when people buy me new stuff, I'm just like, I don't need that. I can just wash my clothes. I'm going to sew it. But um, it's it's now taking this new this new lens of like, oh, shit, I might be, you know, it's like moving unconsciously in a way that you you just never recognize. And so this is a great conversation. I know for my kids to think about as Pacific Islanders in these spaces in San Francisco, you know, and just how it affects like does it um does it honor and respect black people and black mm-hmm. culture mm. if they're moving unconsciously in it? Mm. Um, and what I can do to kind of 
well, being in this space is bringing that awareness, but what more we can do to translate that and, you know, stop that anti-blackness in, in Pacific Islander culture. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we need part. better definitions because I hear black culture and then I hear like what's coming to mind is hood culture. Mm. You know, so I want to see how those two are the same because when when people when people you know like identify more in the from the hood that are not black, you know, they they just say that's hood language. But versus black when I think of black culture, I think of Rachel. When I think of hood language or hood hood culture, I think of Fat Joe just recently <laughs> who people were giving credibility credibility like they were yeah. saying that hey you're black because you grew up in the Bronx mm. and you know you was raised like this and you got beat up with all the other you know you literally was raised this way and you are still living this way so because you're from the hood we give you that the the, the black heart but that's the hood culture that he was ingrained in then we think of Rachel who's trying to appropriate black culture Bitch. but has no hood in her she ain't got no hood in her do you know what I'm saying so like I'm just trying to like make me understand that because uh, mind you I don't speak for all black people we are right I mean this is for, no this is all I of us I keep looking at you not, like you are the black voice no I'm voice. looking at you but I'm also looking you at Beyonce you too you get in this conversation too okay no but like for me it's like hood culture is part of black culture mm-hmm. but it is not all of black culture okay right. that's, that's all that's it that's, that's, so, that's all that's but all. I can <laughs> under, I can understand when, when people share the same spaces yeah. and like say black culture is the dominant culture in yeah. that space right. of course you're gonna do what it takes to not get your ass beat to make sure you're friends with everybody to make sure that you are cause each quote unquote hood or neighborhood is an ecosystem mm-hmm. and the way you live in that ecosystem can either yeah mm-hmm. can either affect the health of that community or her Heard it, right. and part of it is like sometimes you do got to get in good with people there because you're gonna cause some malice in that community. You're gonna cause unwanted enemies, or you're gonna cause this image of you being snooty mm-hmm. in this environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I do understand, but I think we also need to broaden our definition of black culture. Like black yeah. culture is philosophy, black yes. culture yes. is science, mm-hmm. black yeah. culture is mm-hmm. love, black culture is joy. Like it's yes. not just hood; it's yes. just not yeah. hip hop. That's the Ooh. byproduct of right. black culture. And so yeah. I think poly I folks that. keep thinking hip-hop is all black culture mm-hmm. is when they don't know that some of the things they believe some of the values they hold are shared amongst black folks and probably were even created by black folks but mm-hmm. they don't know yeah they don't know the history of it mm-hmm. and i think that's my main crux with poly folks and black culture like we love to participate in it mm-hmm. kind of vacation in black culture mm. but you don't understand the importance and the nuances that go behind what you're enjoying mm-hmm. like where did hip hop really start from where does jazz really come from how right. did music really start like black culture is basically the contributions and and the continuance of of the slaves that landed here right. yes. because right, they, right, right. they had their language taken mm-hmm. away from them yes. they had their rituals taken away from them but even in spite of that they started something new right. yes. and they start they, they lived apart from America yes. and then America was like oh shit Mm-hmm. And this sounds good. Racial yeah. capitalism. So they, <laughs> so they, I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. So they took the music, but put a white man's face on the album cover. Mm-hmm. They took our, they took our heart transplant and put a white doctor in front of it. Like we've done so many great things that other people have taken credit taken for. Taken from black and bodies, and that's why some people would have issues with 
poly folks participating in black culture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like as polys, if we're going to appreciate rap, appreciate the style, appreciate the hairstyles, we have to also appreciate the struggles that come behind that mm-hmm. and also call out the people that still degrade black folks right. to this right. day. Yeah, yeah. Because you know how you were talking about like local kamiki and how, mm-hmm. you know, the parents, they're the reasons why we go and it gets passed on and that's why we participate. Mm hmm. Anti-blackness is the same way because our parents were taught it and they passed it on generation to generation to generation. I think when we hear black folks complain about appropriation and we say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. Like we're continuing that generational ignorance within our culture. But yeah, like for me, black culture, the definition of it, especially amongst Pacifica people, we need to expand that. And that hood culture is part of that. It is Mm -hmm. part of that. Uh, But it's a little bit over glorified. It's so funny that you when you said that, it like kind of clicked for me. Like, why are we so quick to associate black culture with hood culture? culture, And why is hood culture, you know, considered black culture Mm -hmm. when it is a shared culture of, you know, um, people in poverty right or you know those second class citizens yeah um but but like you said though it's an it like all those kinds of uh neighborhoods and enclaves and things like that are little ecosystems yeah right because i remember going i lived in atlanta for two years okay first of all folks in atlanta didn't know what i was but i was also tripping out because i've seen so many different variations of black folks exactly i've seen hood folks i've seen bougie folks mm-hmm. i've seen gothic uh, black folks. I ain't never seen that in my life. I have. Afropunk, yo. Afropunk. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was in a time before Afropunk, right? Like, maybe that's where uh, it worked its way towards that. But I just remember just being, uh, having like a culture shock, seeing all these different types of uh, of blackness in mm-hmm. in uh, in Atlanta, right? Of, all, of course, of all places, and never having been there in my life. And I remember just, you know, um, living there, existing there. A lot of a lot of a lot of my folks were generations there in the South or they're from the Caribbean. Mm. And it was um, it was crazy because just getting down with them, hanging out, being me, they would look at me and just say, oh, you another, you know, you another N word. Right. Like mm-hmm. you just like us. You get down the same. And it's like, yeah, we we probably do. But no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Not trying to, not trying to uh, take on that identity, but also being given again, right? Like that, that black card. Yeah. And I appreciate the fact that when we had a conversation about, like how, uh, so many poly folks, so many Pacifica folks, try to justify their use of the N word, and you. In the conversation we were having, saying that your black card don't travel, it don't travel, it don't travel. It don't. And I was like, "Damn, that Please. makes so much damn yes. sense." It does not travel. It. it doesn't. A- a- go ahead and uh, expound on that. So, one like, more time. a black card is basically the the permission or the approval of black folks in either your hood or your state or your city on participating in black culture and using certain terms, mm-hmm. terminologies that they understand because you've established a respected relationship with them. What people do, though, is get too comfortable in that mm-hmm. relationship, in that allowance that they think they could leave whatever city or state or hood that they got their approval in and go and talk to other black folks in the yeah. same way they talk to their friends. Mm-hmm. And then they get offended when other black folks tell like tell them, like, Yo, what, are you, what are you talking about? Because yeah. when you swipe your card in California, boo, you got 
money. But when you swipe it in Kentucky, bitch, it's declined. <laughs> You're not going to have currency. You don't have enough social currency to travel with your black card, period. And in, in that state, with your black card, you have no privilege to say, oh, you shouldn't take offense to that. My yeah. friend JJ said that I could use it. We don't know your fucking friend JJ. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's why I tell people, when you have a black card, leave home without it. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's facts. Don't. Or just don't even don't even don't take it. Yeah, well, don't I mean, take it. if 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 you're given, sometimes it's an honor to be included in in black spaces, right? To be seen as an equal, it's it is an honor because it's 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 something some people do look up to because mm-hmm. we get we get our protests from black folks, mm-hmm. we get our language to describe our struggle from black folks. Yep. Yes, we, definitely. We that. get help and mentorship from black folks. Yeah. Of course, we're going to look at them as a standard to not only fight uh, oppression but also celebrate our. Mm-hmm joys and our diversity so when you get you know you see it on black folks face too when they come to a Samoan function and, and they're like, hey man you just like a Samoan yeah they love it they love it but it's, it's I, I would say I love it, it. I yeah. would say I love it but I'm not gonna just uh, I'm not gonna put on a costume I'm not gonna yeah, try to yeah, put on right. black skin and, yeah, and be yeah. like I know what it means to you're not be gonna black. start dropping the n-word right. like that so heavy <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, act like I know what it is what it's like to be a black man mm-hmm. in, of course in, uh, in this country or in the world right like that's yeah. not my experience it's not my existence but you but being welcomed in yes I love it yes I'm a, I'm still gonna rock with you and it's, it is even more like connectedness but I'm not gonna fake the funk Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not right. going to I'm not going to I'm not going to do those things of where I'm going to appropriate. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to appropriate. I'm going to respect it. There's going to be cultural exchange, but there's also going to be like, you know, there's still levels of privilege. There are still yes. structures of power, even in between, quote unquote, minority groups, yeah. even yeah. though that we're yeah, yeah. technically yeah. the majority. So but like <laughs> with there are still things that we have to be mindful of. Yes. And I when 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 people say, oh, you just like a Samoan or you just like a black folks, just take it as, man, I see the similarities in you mm-hmm. and yeah, there's somebody yeah. mm-hmm. that can share the same values and I want you around us. But you need to be aware of what you can and cannot do right. in black spaces or in Basifika spaces. There are things that, you know, outsiders can't do in our spaces that we look at them like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. Like I see it all the time when I was in, in Samoa, I see white girls walking around in bikinis and shit like that. And I'm like, Ooh. bro, we have, we're a very modest ass. You're wearing a nighttime outfit in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there are okay. just certain nuances to things yeah. that like people need to be a little bit culturally competent. Mm-hmm. But I think, when it comes to black culture, because it's so sold off, it's they try to box us in 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 this hood caricature mm-hmm. and sell mm-hmm. us to the world yes. that they don't realize like we have to be culturally competent when it comes to black yes. culture. Yes, like the same way we would, um, like recently the I think it was uh, Manu Samoa, the rugby team went to Japan. Mm-hmm. They learned or they consulted with a cultural person, saying like, "Yo, mm-hmm. your tattoos are going to be taken bad because they they associate tattoos with." criminality mm. not because they think Samoans are criminal but because of the That's yakuza the culture, culture and right. tattoos oh. yeah. and so Samoans wore skins to cover their while they were tattoos the... to be mm-hmm. respectful to that culture mm-hmm. then why cannot why can't we take that same 
um, lens that we look upon Japanese culture and apply it to black culture. Yeah. It's just the same. Yeah. Like, what things can be offensive? What things do you have to understand? Like, how can we walk into a space and be respectful, still participate, but not mm-hmm. add to the degrading of yeah. the black image? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just rambling. No, no, I love it's it. All, it's all gems. <laughs> it's all gifts. Uh. <laughs> um, I think we've gotten into the whole chop it up section <laughs> in our bruh. You know what I mean? We're going we're gonna take a No, nah, we good. Because I think we're going to be able to get to uh, next steps in our chop it yes, up section. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes, And And even continue on this conversation. Uh, but what we're going to do real quick is uh, tap into some com- community announcements and we'll come back. Talofa Showalofa, this is your girl Afro Tainit. And if you're looking for a podcast that has a Pacifica lens with a little bit of black Kokosan more on it, then go ahead and go to SoundCloud and look up Afro Tainit, A F R O T E I N E, and you'll find the real Totala. I'm going to give you the capital T in the real Totala. All right, y'all, we got our ICUs up. Ready to recognize some great folks in the community community doing big things. Um, I want to start off with you, Fee. Who's your ICU for this week? Okay. Well, the reason I'm pounded today is because of the event I went to last night. Um, I'm not really sure who hosted it, but it was a really dope showcase where a bunch of Pacific Islander females um, got to get on stage, rock the stage, rock the mic, and promote their creativity or their music Mm. and so it was such a dope showcase um i really loved being in that space and i just wanted to shout out all the girls that got on stage Mm. y'all i see (laughs) y'all y'all doing y'all thing who were the girls that were on stage some of them right there you got it um well ot7 was dope she was Uh, fire love her vocals um bex was on stage all night hey um just a bunch of women, low key. Um, oh yeah, low key. My niece was there. Our niece, um, Abe, was there. She was so cute. She's like, Daddy Volks. boys? That's the first thing she said to me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are now associated with each other, so yeah. you can't say yeah. one without the other. She didn't even say hi to me. She's like, "Where's Daddy Recognizable. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why we were there, and I was just really grateful to be in that space and just to see all of that. I mean, to to be in that energy and to see it magnified. Um, through their music. Um, so, yeah. I'll see y'all. Was it a mix of uh, vocalists and MCs? Yeah. And we had Be- DJ Bex Bumble. No, you know what? They switched <laughs> it up. But they had li- uh, there was a young girl. She opened up with a live band. Hey. She was really good. Damn, hey, Marie. I want to do that. <laughs> she was really we need to have Afrotana up on that bill, yo. Afrotana need to pull up. You got some uh, new tracks coming out? I do. Okay. Five, five, <laughs> got some good things. Five, <laughs> 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 so Y'all need to see a gastroenterologist. <laughs> what about you, partner? You got okay, any, who's yeah. your ICU this week? So my ICU uh, goes out to my partner out there in Oakland. He has this... Um, Clothing clothing line called Oakland Goodies. His name is Monk. He's uh, my Cambodian folks. I actually knew him at um, hey. an event, the Aspulas event, and um, yeah, I just kind of followed him, and I found his uh, his um, he posted his new Bumblebee um, 
edition sweater for the Oakland goodies. And I was like, you know, I had to go because, you know, your girl's Bumblebee hey. right here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you want to uh, bumble with the bees, hey. huh? But uh, his mission statement I thought was pretty dope. He said is um, the apparels for um, to be the apparel of all judgment free zone in the apparel industry and to have eyes big enough to recognize all cultures for the proper respect of all cultures. Mm. So they started in 2016 and they are really, um, they're really making ways out there in Oakland. They're, they're growing. And um, I just had to recognize them because they was dropping off some, I had to buy one sweater, but the other one was free and I'm grateful for that. But shout out to um, Oakland goodies. You guys are doing great work. My boy Monk, just want to let y'all know, I see you. you shout out to our Kamai folks out there, man. Right. Doing big things. Our Southeast Asians. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Afrotina? Who's your ICU for this My week? My ICU is going to Christiana Ngaleai. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. She's also an artist. She also blogs. She hey. uh, helped teach in American Samoa for a while. Oh, nice. She recently graduated from Navy school or whatever. It's um she That's shocked crazy. me. She shocked me. I was like, bro, like I had to find out by her friend Navy who school. added me. And then she posted a picture uh, of her joining the Navy. I need and to see And she's this like, uh. she's like, uh, probably like three or four of the women on this ship of yeah. hella dudes. And I was, I love it. no, no, no. Yeah, girl. She's not like that, bro. She's like she's Are holier sure? than Jesus, bro. Like she's, but she she I I see her for the fact that she was able to take that on and use that as a way for her to like kind of connect with people and kind of like share God yeah. in her way with mm-hmm. these folks because she's like counseling people. She also pushes me to try to complete projects and and have like a five to six year plan type thing. Come on. Love it. So Christiana, I. I see you. Can I follow her on Instagram? What's the uh, Instagram let me handle? Yeah, I can share that. I don't know if she's public like that, but I'll, oh, okay. I'll get that to you. Good friend request. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, we're going to take one more break, listen to these community announcements, and we'll be right back. The ninth annual Samoan Solutions 5K Turkey Trial for Charity is coming up November 23rd, 2019. Do yourselves a favor and register for this event. Tap in at www.tinyurl.com backslash SS Turkey Trot. Hope to see y'all there. All right, y'all, we back, man. I know we've been chopping it up hella much already about uh, this conversation around appropriating black culture, anti-blackness. Um, and before we go further, I know we've said a lot of things like appro- appropriating or appropriation and uh, even acculturation. And so I just wanted to quickly define these terms for us so that we, you know, just have a base of um, where we're going with this conversation. And so appropriate is a verb that means to take something for one's own use, typically without the owner's permission. Uh, Acculturate is also a verb, which means to assimilate or cause to assimilate um, a different culture, typically the dominant one. And we've kind of touched base on on these two terms uh, throughout the conversation we've been having here. And before we get into this uh, element of thinking about next steps, right. And thinking about solutions um, of how we address anti-blackness overall, I just want to offer up this space to further the conversation a little bit more. Cause I know we've mentioned about how, uh, 
poly folks, you know, uh, have rock, you know, like rock box braids and things like mm-hmm. that. And just think about other ways in which uh, we have either appropriated or acculturated uh, black culture. Something for me that comes to mind is just thinking about uh, the music scene in the in the poly community or even just in the Pacifica Pacific Islander community, right? In this heavy <laughs> this heavy drive on <laughs> reggae, right? <laughs> like, I love you, love you, love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like I know I grew up uh on reggae. I love reggae. Um Island reggae or reggae? Uh, reggae, reggae, reggae yeah, like okay. roots, because there's island reggae. Yeah. Roots, lovers rock. I think I got introduced mm. to island Ooh, reggae later rock. on in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but earlier on, you know, just my mom, my aunties, loving uh, artists like Mikey Dread, mm-hmm. Sandra Cross, a lot of a lot of reggae from the mm. UK, right? Yeah. Um, and then when you know, fast forward, we're thinking about artists right now like uh, Jay Boog. Um, a lot of a lot of different poly artists who I feel have in uh Fiji. Oh Fiji don't really Does he? I've never heard him. I've heard I've heard him in music when do he's it, singing. But he he does a lot of like his He's not like Jay Boog where he he has a full blown accent when he's in an interview. <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah. Oh in interviews? Oh yeah, if you go on some of the YouTubes he like he he that any that uh, accent kind of comes out. Every Is it now like Wagwan type of attitude? Like I mean, accent, like little more. <laughs> <laughs> like so, bro, you know you from Compton, wow. bro. Compton. No. <laughs> so what do you consider that? Like vocal mm. blackface? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just. I mean. I'm just saying. Like blackface has evolved now. Like we don't have to paint ourselves black. We just sound, put on sound like it. Sound put black. on the hair. Put on I the clothes and. I'm just saying. The black scent. I'm going to see J-Bug next Sunday at Croptoberfest. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to see if he talks like that outside of uh, outside of stage no, presence. Because I've been, um, he has some interviews where he's talking normal. Yeah. And then, like, I think uh, probably some of the reggae reggae festivals that he's like a part of Mm -hmm. that's when you'll kind of hear hints of that accent and so it's like if he's in the Pacific Islander um, concerts he's just like yo here's J-Buck from you know (laughs) fucking where's he from Compton Compton. and then there's J-Buck at uh, yeah he cold switching oh no to me that's appropriation you know like bro (laughs) you don't sound like that you don't talk like that don't do that yeah I mean I had the same issue with Shaggy right like uh, well, granted, Shaggy's but is he using black. his card just certain places where he feels like oh, he, he who J Book? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's using his card at a place where he where that's accepted, you know. Mm-hmm. Versus if he again the card don't travel. Yeah, right? travel. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even, I'm not even black. I'm not even black. I'm not from the black community, but I'm not gonna walk around and like uh, pretend that I speak patois yeah. or speak like but that. But is I'm it like, is it an accent only because he's performing or like will he like go out into that community where that accent is from and actually like that. I think gab with it. Like, right. That's different. Yeah. That I, is different. There's I'm some send there's, the video. there's the a difference wasn't... between somebody playing black in the hood and then going mm-hmm. to uh, like black spaces or symposiums mm-hmm. and then acting in that way and still mm-hmm. being accepted. Like mm-hmm. that's that's mm. that's you then, but if you're switching it on and off, like like if he was raised okay, if he was if he was raised in it and engulfed in it, right? Like then there's something different, right? Like if we think about Tessan Chin, who uh, is a reggae artist, uh, but she 
she's, she is uh, Jamaican, right? She's Jamaican. She's Jamaican and Chinese? Or no, she's uh, Chinese, but I don't think she's... Uh, she's not Jamaican. She's not Jam- She grew up in Jamaica. She's nationally. She's nationally, nationally Jamaican, Jamaican. But, but you know her whole, like, her whole swag about her, her whole demeanor is very Jamaican. Jamaican. Um, to, to the point where, like, she's... Um, she's accepted, right? She's in the, she's, uh, she's brought in. That's how she talks. That's how she get down. But like for Jay Boog, that that's that's not <laughs> where that, you from, bro. That's not the case. And I'm not, I'm not saying this like, yeah. like I, I mean, I know it's gonna sound like I'm a hater or whatnot, but I'm just nah, stating facts because I love Jay Boog's music, yeah, especially love. the first album. Yeah. I love the first album. I learned the ukulele yeah. to stuff. Love <laughs> season is progress. Don't oh go my goodness! Straight. But it's just like don't 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 do that. You know, stop. Maybe he's absorbed <laughs> in that. You know, in that mode. You yeah. Know? Mm. And it and it's and it feels appropriate for the setting yeah. afterwards. And he's just like. He's lost. You know. <laughs> lost in it. Lost, <laughs> you in get char- lost in character. Character of C, but that's the thing. It's like it's character. I don't, yeah. A caricature of some I would real say shit. if people let him get away with it, then fine. But if he gets called out on it and he gets angry, then mm. bro, have yeah. have yeah. have a seat. Mm. Have a seat, bro. Because I know there are people out there who just have their eras when, yeah. when people outside of the culture do that. But Especially like, for a video, too. Because the video, <laughs> that platform is just... It's too wide. It's like you got to yeah. be careful. Versus yeah. if, if it wasn't recorded, it's a more mm-hmm. intimate crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, you can probably tailor it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it was definitely on video. But <laughs> thank you, Beck. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool because the context of where he, it was a reggae concert with like some heavy hitters. Um, yeah. So. You know, maybe he felt pressured to do that to legitimize his pre- presence there. I'm pretty sure he's already respected in that field. I mean, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's respect. He's he's, he's heavy right I mean, now. he's rocking with, with uh, Wash House, which is heavily uh, a okay. lot of Jamaican folks, right? But then again, it's the whole thing about like he got the black card there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes. But it don't travel. It doesn't. Yeah, it does right? not. I'm travel. not. I'm not. I'm not Jamaican. I'm not none of that. So I ain't got no place to tell him that. Like he can't or he shouldn't be doing that i'm just saying that he shouldn't because that's not yeah that's just not the the essence your true essence let's talk about that because he really is headlining the show on sunday and some of the other artists on there is like gyptian sizzla mm. and so it's like wow he's headlining in that genre that's over these over folks. these but you know i can see them who um, i would see them headlining headlining and I guess places outside of San Francisco mm. or on the West Coast, um, you know. But I think, aside from the talk of cultural appropriation, talent is talent. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. If your yeah. talent is respected, and it's, I've never seen him do anything in a way that disrespected the music. Mm-hmm. Although he keeps talking about island women, but featuring white women in videos and shit like that. A so, lot of, uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of poly artists about, are doing that. Talk, talking about poly women, but you are featuching. Are you watching other the last movies? video? Fia, artist, Fia, Fia the artist. Oh, like, like, okay, you talking about island girl? That's nice. <laughs> but um, I think uh, above all, um, if there is a respect there, if there is uh-huh. a a right representation mm-hmm. of it, because I once feel, you know, they feel like they're getting the the raw end of the deal when someone is dancing a Siva Samoa on a national stage, but yeah. they're sucking at it. Uh-huh. You suck at it. When they're following on a yeah. national. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, like I just be, I think because he's so good at his craft and he is, he is surrounding himself with people that mm-hmm. 
own the genre yeah. and they welcome him, he is mm-hmm. accepted. He's not looked at as like a black Jamaican or a black this or that, mm-hmm. but he is considered part of reggae mm-hmm. culture. Because reggae culture is, although we like to say it's like black culture, they're very open. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like if you if you really pay attention to Rastafarian culture and like what they preach in their music, it's nothing about like keeping everybody yeah. separate, but yeah. rising above yes. the institutions and mm-hmm. the things that keep us down. So it would be out of character for them to like, oh, you're not black, so you can't sing reggae music. It would, it'd be kind of weird. Um, That's it, a good point. Isn't that like the way that... Uh, well, how the culture got there in the first place or how the black body got to that island in the first place and its interaction with that space and the people, um, just like the hoodoo and the voodoo uh, religion. Um, so I can see why Rastafarian is that welcoming, has that welcoming nature. But it's also the same. Um, there's a, I don't know if you remember this story that came out, this video on, um, I think I seen it on Facebook. It's of this, a black man who is playing the ukulele and singing Hawaiian music, right? And yes. singing it to the T mm-hmm. perfectly. Um, and that yodel. It, it, yeah. <laughs> but you know how the, how the Hawaiians, they no, sing. <laughs> but come yeah. to find out, right, like that his, his experience, his, his story is that he was um, adopted by Native Hawaiians um, and raised in Hawaii, grew up Hawaiian culture, everything. Um, but obviously his appearance is black, right? And we've seen this in our own families and communities where we have folks of all different shades um, and whatnot. And no matter how they behave or how they get down, if they have certain elements um, like a high level of respect, right? You're welcomed in, whether it's Samoan, Hawaiian, uh, Rastafarian, anything like that, right? If anybody can respect the culture, um, and come correct, then then you're taken in, right? Mm. Um, but our, our issue is the coming correct part. <laughs> yeah, yes. that part, right? <laughs> and that's that's the I think to that point. That's why I had such an issue with the whole like our community um, straight up appropriating black culture. Because then I got to the individual side mm-hmm. of saying, "Damn, I don't." I don't, I'm not doing that. But am I doing that? Right? And so I'm really focused on the I part. And I just wanted to kind of uh, put yeah. that out there of like, you know, I feel like it, it, we're being boxed in this in this box of saying that we are all doing this. And I feel like because I'm putting that box, I'm pushing back and saying I'm not doing that. Of course you're going to feel that way, though. Because it, it's, it's kind of like assassinating your character without someone knowing you, right? To, mm-hmm. to, pu- to be lumped in with the people that you're trying to, f- to fix yourself away from. Mm-hmm. On an individualistic perspective, appropriation is going to give you a headache. Because mm. you can't go around like, oh, you're appropriating it, but you're not. So you're okay. And, and you are. But, but I like her. Like, if you keep doing that, mm-hmm. that's... That's it's not going to go anywhere because we get lost in the details of everything. Yeah. But if we talk about it in a systems perspective, mm-hmm. like as a group, because that's the only way you can address cultural appropriation as a group, we do appropriate it. Whether we don't consider ourselves part of it or not, the overall consensus of our culture does appropriate 
black culture. Consensus is everything. Yeah, it, because there are power in numbers. Now, if one or two people appropriate black culture and they go on, on with their day, it doesn't really affect us. But if one or two hundred thousand people do it and then yet still harbor ill will uh-huh. towards the culture yeah. they're borrowing from, then that's the issue. I feel like Basifika people sharing black culture is not bad. But sharing black culture without dealing with your bullshit anti-blackness yeah. is my issue. Uh. And we love to dance. We love to sing. We love to participate and even slam poetry. All of these, like, where did you get your poet voice from? You didn't get it from... Yeah, I mean, this is not an innate thing. Like, there was a structure that was set up before you got here that you learned from mm-hmm. in order to have this expression. And that's fine in participating in that. But if you're divorcing the struggles of the people that created this thing and don't know how important it is mm-hmm. for it. That's why I get irritated when I go on Twitter and I see poly people talking about what black people do and do not like, what black people this and what black people that. Like, you're not part of the culture, yet you're putting yourself in front of Mm -hmm. an issue that's not yours. We don't just appropriate music or or cultural products like that we also appropriate people's struggles yeah we though we have similar struggles they're not the same because while you're getting praise for your poem or your hair or your dance we're being ridiculed for it yeah right. while you're while you're seen as exotic for having box braids or locks or or corn rolls there is a girl who got pinned down by three sixth graders that got her locks cut off yes. mm. like while you're being celebrated, we're being degraded. And unless we fix that um, that difference, that vod that we have in between mm. us, mm-hmm. it will always be cultural pro- appropriation. Yeah. So just like Samoans are very focused on the va, mm. all those things in the the power of the va, we need to look at other cultures as part of being that va too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How we would act within each other as sisters or mm-hmm. brothers or yeah. cousins, that's how we have to treat other cultures. Yes. In, in thinking about social justice, something that when, when um, we were leading, you know, uh, a program, for young Pacific Islander college students, we would talk heavily about how we as Pacifica folks, as Pacific Islanders, Polys, whatever you uh, want to identify, we are able to be here in this country, specifically in America, um, because of the the struggles and the fight of uh, the black community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, be- of the fight and the struggle of Native peoples. Yes. Right, and that's something that we don't ever really think about or consider when um, acknowledging our existence in this in this concrete ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Las, in this diaspora um, that we exist in here. And that's something I also want to just, you know, while we have this platform to speak about it, say that um, we need to be better at doing, right? It's acknowledging the fact that we are able to, we were able to migrate to this country mm-hmm. because of the fight of, uh, um, uh, so many uh, black and brown uh, folks. And so thinking about what you're saying in terms of us doing uh, doing better or whatnot, how can how can how can we as Pacific Islanders uh, do or be better in regards to um, our anti-blackness? I think first it's to, like listen to programs like this where you hear Pacifica people questioning their own motives and Mm -hmm. their own, you know, existence when it comes to black culture. Mm -hmm. I think very few times we ever hear 
poly folks really question themselves when it comes to participating in certain cultural events like yeah. it's just accepted like oh we're we're this we're that like don't make it about race don't make it about but we do have to acknowledge that there is a privilege yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yes. yeah and we need to uh, really learn our history in terms of anti-blackness yeah. anti-blackness for poly folks did not start in America it yeah. started in our islands when mm-hmm. we were colonized mm-hmm. right. and if we if you know why the Mao movement even happened, mm. like that, that, that's the source. We had legislation that was made against us to make us choose between whether re- we should register as white or Samoan. And then we had missionary folks come into our island saying that we were better than these Melanesian folks because they were the descendants of Ham. And like you have all of these things that are working out in against us. But mm. a lot of people think that our anti blackness in our cultures is just naturally occurring mm-hmm. no we had our culture fucked with yeah. mm. and then we are producing these defects mm-hmm. generation yeah. after generation yes. yeah. and um part part of uh fixing our anti-blackness not even fixing but addressing it mm-hmm. is addressing your family yeah. and it's gonna be hard see that face mm. like ooh. I address my mom when she says meoli. I address anybody around me that just steps out of pocket when it comes to that because I can't think about my my comfort. I have to think about the comfort of my future kids yes. or the people that I'm going to bring around right. or the people. And even though, even though they may sigh and be like, "Oh God, fuck, Daisha's going to talk about that shit again." Like, oh man, can she just shut up about it? Your consistency in establishing boundaries and and giving honor to folks um, who are constantly being degraded yes. will cause a change. Yes. Your presence there yes. may be the change they need to see. Mm. And even if they just That's correct good. themselves yes. around you, mm-hmm. that is enough because right. they realize you're not about that bullshit. And that. Mm. you might be the right person they talk to. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because you don't want them to go to talk to the wrong person. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So like it, it gets tiring to teach, but I I think one is having th- these conversations and ha- hearing people like you like questioning your yourselves that to question yourself is the biggest right. thing you can ever do to reflect on yourself and your motives is the biggest thing you could do and then have a historical mindset on your culture and also honor honor the black folks in your family in your neighborhood and yeah. do that and we. We'll, how, we'll start to how do you address because you know we we have the same family members but how do you address <laughs> how do you address some of our family members that just kind of loosely just say oh yeah these niggas was over here this nigga I like how, how when I'm they like, use what? that huh? how, how do you address that what mm-hmm. no I just I question them I feel like the best thing you can do is ask someone a question and watch them hang themselves with their answers mm, good word <laughs> yeah. shit I like that tactic <laughs> No, but that's, no, that's, that's, that's the thing. Facts. But, like, people don't want to be talked at, but they will keep talking themselves mm-hmm. into circles and be right. like, oh, why? But how how did you come to do that? Yeah. Okay, so when you say nigga, do you mean me? Yeah. Or do you mean this? Yeah. Or do you know the 400 years of slavery that go behind that word? Does nigga affect you the way nigga affects me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a nigga? And if we're standing in front of the police, who's the nigga? Yes. Right. Oh, <laughs> 
Right. And no, because I think of the shows that have been, you know, like last night's show that go at my club when it's rap, when it's a rap show mm-hmm. done by PI. That word is just thrown out, you know, yes. and it's, you know, it's, it's normalized because it's rap. Because right. we don't hear that in um, poly, you know, mm-hmm. Pacific Island music. You know, we love season is in progress. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we don't hear that. Or oh, island girl. <laughs> we don't hear that, you know. Don't. Or, we don't. Karaoke session. Yeah. yeah. But we don't hear those terms in, you know, island music. But when it comes to rap, island rappers, that word is loosely thrown out. Right. But and that's another I think that's another mistaken move of traveling with your black card. That's mm. facts. Because they I bet you five hundred thousand million dollars that if they went into another black setting and they had to perform their music, they would really reconsider the the N word in that session. Mm. But that I've part. seen that. Listen, yeah, because I've seen a few mm. rappers, um, What's his name? But if they're in a St- rap, June. if they're in a mm-hmm. rap venue, of yeah. course. But if you go to like a different black gathering that's, that's not okay. rap, yeah, and they're asked, "Hey, can you do that piece?" and they're like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is a, a can I do this here?" Or yeah. no, that's you, true. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you're when you travel by yourself to go do your music and you ain't got no posse with you, nobody to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you then you have to reconsider. Like, oh shit, what am I doing? Well, I mean, I'm guilty of that because you know. I use my card <laughs> in the right crowd. No, own real it, talk. Own it. I use my card, and I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even think I should own this card. But I use this card when I'm around family that use the language, or around like you know some of my black partners that you know allow me to speak in that language. I use that card, you know, and I'm comfortable in using that. But I'm not gonna be hella reckless and use it anywhere else because I know that shit right. does not travel. Right. But see, all. when we do the work, be. Uh, behind closed doors yeah. that's when it really is uh that you know when it when it's really decolonizing the way in which we uh use this kind of language because we know its impact right yeah. like i i too am very guilty when i will be talking about something and especially if i'm hyped and i'm passionate and and i go off right i'm not i'm not being cognizant of the language yeah, i'm using yeah. i'm going to immediately what i know right yeah. right and if i say if i say the word i'm going to stop myself and catch it yeah before somebody else does and you know and like apologize and do the right thing and just own, own right. that, right? Be but, like, yo, shit, but I'm I not fucked ignorant. Up. Yeah, I where fucked I up, use right? Because we not going. Even when we've had like folks on here and they've said it, you know, this goes back to like even uh, working, like doing the work with your family is because yeah. it's 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 all about picking your battles, right? Yep. But like, but our black folks don't have like. Uh, maybe I'm I shouldn't speak but I'm just thinking that they don't have the luxury of not picking the battle because it's a battle every time every day mm-hmm. right when having to exist in that way or exist you know in the in the color of their skin and being judged and perceived this way and so I can't like um, I'm feeling bad that I have picked my battles before in the past of like okay I don't want to address that right, right now because then we're gonna go all kind of different ways right mm-hmm. or like i'll let my my pop say some fucked up shit and it's like okay i'm not gonna touch that right now because then we're just gonna we're not gonna get anywhere, <laughs> anywhere yeah. right but but maybe it's worth just you know saying something because it has to start somewhere um because it, it like for me it just can't continue like that yeah we have so many uh you know family members who are half black who yes mm-hmm. who um appear black mm-hmm. you know yes. what i mean and it's like 
we, we, we can't keep existing in this way because then it just, like right. you said, mm-hmm. perpetuates this uh, anti-blackness. Yeah, of course. Well, if, you're, <sighs> if your goal is to do the work, and this is just a question, mm. if, if your goal is to decolonize, if your goal is to do the work amongst your community and other communities of color, do you feel that using the N-word is beneficial? depending on setting for me like for instance if I'm going back to like families in the projects you know and that's just the kind of language in the projects you know for the family I am I feel like it's going to benefit like for the work that I'm doing and just Mm -hmm. just kind of maintain and sustain that language I mean I don't know how much how much change that you know and how much I can stand out as far as like if I was to kind of refrain from using it but I feel like when I'm trying to connect on a level of like where people are at, I'm going to also use the language of where people are at too, you know, especially when it comes to loved ones. Now, if it's people I don't know and it's, it's, um, you know, it's like a, it's a community that I'm familiar with. It's a culture that I'm familiar with, but I do not know them from Adam. I'm not popping out with that, that language for shit. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try to say, oh yeah, this is not just because I identify with the struggle. I identify with the location. I am not going to use that card. But okay. if you're my blood, if we grew up together and they're comfortable, you know, that's been a language from when we were little. I'm going to comfortably speak that language, you know, until somebody calls me out and and throws, you know, keeps me accountable and says, hey, you know, like, I'm not comfortable with you. Okay. I'll easily say that's no problem. I definitely will take that out of my mouth. But if, <laughs> OK, no, I mean, I, I will own up to anything. Like, I think Rocky was another one that just kind of taught us about like, man, just like somebody kind of. um pulled her to the side and spoke to her about like, you know, cause she was using the word, the, the N word too. And she was, she was quick to say, okay, that's no problem. I can totally unlearn that. But, th- and thank you for pulling me to the side and calling me out and straightening me out. You know, it's like, right. it's that simple. So that's just my, I think there was something else to that story too about Rocky. I think she didn't get pulled to the side, but, she got called out. She did get called out yeah. in, in, you know, in public or whatnot. But um for me, I think it even though even though I might be in the setting, I'm not gonna use that language because I need to show the example of like uh refraining or like not using that uh language as a as an example of how we can uh how you can clean up or or um be Do, cognizant of the language that you yeah, use be better be better mm. right like um, but how is I'm it gonna, worse I, if you use it though well i'm not gonna let like it's not up to other people to right. hold me accountable it's up to me to hold mm-hmm. myself accountable right mm-hmm. so like there are times where i'll say like oh this nigga did this and, this, and i'll be like shit this person did this this person yeah. did that and it's like you know i'm i'm able to catch myself and even i've noticed even with us partner you know like i've i've seen you do it from time to time where you you uh correct yourself without anybody having to point it out right, right? and so many other people do that and we i feel like um that that when i use that language i'm not i'm not being cognizant and i'm not thinking right. that i can catch it and I think being the real model, yeah. right? Not the role model, but the real model of like, you can you can um, decolonize your tongue. Course, you can take yeah. that out of your language. It's not going to hurt you. Right. There's hella other words that we can yes, use. a billion other it words. It can be done, right? Yeah. It can be done. I mean, just even the fact of like, uh, I know this is a different word in a different context, but even the word uso, right? Like that mm. has been that has been so gendered 
genderized here in the diaspora or maybe just here in Frisco, right? Like where it's like all things us is it's like male. Yeah. Male dominated, yeah. male driven right. mm-hmm. when the word is not it's specific to to male, male, female, male, female. Yeah. yeah, the gender using it and the gender addressed, right. Yeah. right? Like it's very specific. And so when this idea that uso or us means bro, it's like, nah, it don't mean that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, don't use the word unless you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also like we need to be better uh, teachers or better mm-hmm. like be more inclusive of how right. uh, we put the word out there. And some folks ain't doing that kind of work. It's all a translation thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm hella grateful that, like, when I have my kids, um, we have a council of el- elders in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, we have elders that work in, well, I don't even want to call them elders because Don is 72 and he's in better shape than me. Um, <laughs> black man from Texas, right? Oh, gee, oh, gee. <laughs> he eats meat, though. He, he, he do eat meat, though. <laughs> but, um, and so he's always, like, so he, like, he loves when my kids are there because he provides, you know, that counsel. And he's always like, I, I hate when you guys are in here using that word. And he'll come in and he'll scold us. And it's like, that is such a great reminder and translation of history, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To have that council of elders. And I think for us as PIs, um, we're losing that translation just because we're we're being structurally eliminated. Um, yeah. We're dying prematurely um, in this in this system. Um trying to assimilate to american culture um and i think i think it's it's up to us now to uphold that translation and exactly what we're doing right now um but yeah it's really hard for me i exist in a a whole bunch of uh populations um my niece is in the industry and so doing that and then my brother's a professional boxer Mm. and you know like it's a whole like it's uh it's a bunch of different pockets of people um who all share that kind of drive uh and resiliency and they're all they all come from spaces like mine and so they all come from the hood. using that language is normalized mm-hmm. and it's like um if y'all ever listen to y'all really need to listen to j cole's high for hours yeah um that's that's like one of my theme songs for my kids but it's like you know that re- revolution starts inside of you mm-hmm. and so it's like when i shifted into like really mm-hmm. not eating meat it's like you know, it's it's forced me to have that conversation with people. Why you don't eat meat? It was, well, because it affects the planet. <laughs> and it's like, you know, um, and so that brings awareness. It grows awareness. And then I just love having this conversation with you and really bridging that gap back home and, and understanding that we have to fix the factory, right? right? We have to build that bridge. And it's like, once we become aware, now it is our duty to build that bridge mm. um, and to save our, it, it's to, you know, um, mobilize that collective and that, that consensus of what anti-blackness is and um, just what we're doing in that ex- existence. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I like all of your answers and I understand all of your answers uh, for me. And that's perfect. You talking about, Oh, I don't eat meat because of how it affects the environment. Yeah. I don't use the word because of how it affects the people yeah. um, and how it affects me too. Cause it just, I don't associate too many positive things with it, but when black people say it around me, I don't get offended. Mm-hmm. But when they address me as nigga, I get irritated mm-hmm. because even amongst black folks, there is there isn't a consensus on whether or not it is a good or a bad uh, word. Like mm-hmm. there's also controversy in that 
too. But like when people from outside of the culture mm. use it, then mm-hmm. that's an issue too because like we got to hear it from the Asian, we got to hear it from the Polynesian, okay. we got to hear <laughs> we got to hear it from everybody, right? Right? But it is an offensive word to black folks. Now, if we took the n-word from your culture and called you that how would you like that right right and so for for me like i i just believe there is power of life and death in Mm. the words and if i say that i am if i say i'm i'm part of this work to decolonize what do i look like using a colonizer's tongue to educate my people to connect with my people if i'm speaking death to you all in the name of oh we're here to reconcile and be better Mm. and like yeah i mean there's i don't think slaves died and suffered under that word for me to throw it out so easily mm-hmm. like where where can we rise from that you know what i mean yeah. like i that's why i don't use it i have i have the same standard for the n-word for for anybody mm-hmm. but when black folks use it around me it's just like it's a i don't really more. i don't really it, I don't blink too hard at it because it's like, all right, like it's kind of like we took that word. Like it's it's in our culture. It's right. us. You have the license to use that. Mm-hmm. Just don't have the license to address me as that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But when people from outside black culture use that word, I'm just like, bro, stop, stop. Do not. Do not. Yeah. Do not. I really appreciate this conversation too, especially just because I, I know we've kind of uh, um, touched upon how there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have um, transpired this year mm-hmm. uh, in terms of or with the black community. And especially because this this past um, August was the uh, 400th year uh, acknowledgement of when uh, black slaves arrived to uh, was it Virginia? I guess. I guess. Through the yeah. Transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how. This word is rooted, is dated all the way back to that, right? And and how um, there's a there's also a podcast that I want to encourage folks to tap in with. It's it's titled sixteen nineteen, and it's a story um, about uh, about slavery, right? And it's, it's I haven't gotten through the whole thing, but just just remembering uh, the historical context because I know even on Twitter I've seen so many. Uh, poly folks, even some of our followers, you mm-hmm. know, who have um, done polls and done videos and had this whole big ass conversation about how they're still going to use the N word, whether or not people, you know, mm. people like it or not. Yeah. And, and justifying it in the fact that like, OK, well, we come from the hood or we grew up around it or we have this black card. Right. Right. And also to the point that you're saying, Fee, about like how the the revolution has to start within. Mm-hmm. And if we listen to black folks, not just the folks that we're surrounded or um around but globally, mm. right? Let that let that sit and let that marinate so that you make better decisions uh, to get that revolution started within to use different language. You mm. know what I mean? I say we're never going to get people to stop saying the N-word. Right. Yeah. But use it at your own risk. 
Because if you get popped in the face for it, I'm not going to protect. I'm like, oh, but they didn't mean it that way. They they were just, just saying, nigga, because you guys are so endearing. We're friends. No, if you get popped for it, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because of your lack of self-awareness and, and, and your lack of knowledge of where you're at at the time. Like I'm telling you, folks, if you're in Cali and you travel to another part of the world right, or right. another part of the States and you use the language that you're using, someone will correct you. It means different. When someone calls you a nigga in in California, it's different from when someone calls you a nigga in Arkansas or, or in Atlanta. Alabama yeah. or like you know what I mean. Like there's up. there's a lot of his history behind that word, and so yeah. we can't stop you. Yeah, but do it at your own risk. Right, and 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 be be. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but thinking back to the story I shared about when I was in Atlanta and when you know a few of my partners was just like, "Oh, you're just another nigga." You could be the one to say, no, I'm not. You know, like, I get what you're doing. I see what you're saying. But I just want to acknowledge the fact that, like, that is that is not my experience. But I appreciate being welcomed in in that way. Right? Because yeah. it's that revolution inside, within, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really, that really, that really spoke to me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm. Just stop. So I know we <laughs> just stop. Yeah, just, just stop. Cut it out uh, what are some ways? What are some ways in which we could, you know, do better or be better? Other than you know, like of course, this is a, a yeah. real big immediate one. Is mm-hmm. about the language that we use. What are some other ways? Oh, you also mentioned about like talking, having those conversations with our family. Yeah, addressing holding each it, other accountability. Holding, mm-hmm. Holding each other accountable. And yep. Get yourself around like what you did in Atlanta. You need to understand that your definition of blackness is narrowed mm-hmm. and that you need to get around different folks. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Blackness is, is bigger than the hood. Blackness is bigger than nigga. Blackness is bigger than all the, the bad things that you associated with. There's there's a lot of beautiful things that are associated with blackness. blackness. And I think once we promote those things, mm-hmm. it'll it'll be better. Because I think all that's getting translated is hip hop culture and I was I was thinking of that too when you real when we um made that connection of like why is hood culture associated with black culture and um us really taking charge of well not us taking charge of narrative but the way that we give narrative to what is black culture and like you said expanding that narrative of what black culture is um because there is an anti-blackness with saying that black culture is only hood culture black culture is only Mm -hmm. rap music um because it is more than that um, I'm from San Francisco where a lot of our local leaders are black. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's way more than just hood culture and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the struggle. You know, it's a lot of great and amazing things. And we need to redefine our narrative of what black culture is as Pacific Islanders. That's or, great. I mean, even you saying earlier, I loved how you said uh, black culture is joy. Black yeah. culture is love. It is. It's, it's all of the great things. It is. It's all the great things, too. Yeah, and I think the the true way to get rid of our anti-blackness is, you know how when we go to other people's house, our parents tell us, you treat that place like you're, it's your home and that like and you leave it better than when you found yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing has to happen with black culture. 
Like we have to treat it like our own culture. Mm. How we don't want people to take our tatao, how we don't yeah. want people to come in and change things in our culture. That's the same lens we have to look at it when black folks are advocating for themselves in their culture. We can't get annoyed. Mm. They're already annoyed. They have right. years, hundreds and hundreds, centuries of being taken from and yet that now is the time to have a platform where your voice can be sent around the globe and you're telling people like, look, this is great participating in this is great but you're not going to keep us low on the totem pole all mm-hmm. the time Boy. you're not going to degrade us hate us mm-hmm. and then benefit off of us so i feel like if we're going to participate in black culture leave it better than we found it meaning uh. recognize and, and bring value to it and then mm-hmm. when you leave it because that is also a privilege we get mm-hmm. to leave we get to opt out of being black mm-hmm. once shit hits the fan we all of a sudden we're, we're the perfect sample yeah like we have we have a way to separate ourselves from those kind of black people yes. or when shit hits the fan mm-hmm. some of us can't do that right. we can't we're associated with with everything of it with the good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. yes. and that's what uh, poly folks need to realize when you are participating in black culture when you are being adopted into black culture you have to also adopt the negativities of it mm-hmm. and recognize it mm-hmm. and honor the struggle in it girl okay so our van was literally parked in our parking lot and it's like it's a closed off parking lot. And, you know, we serve the Bayview community. So we're right off of 3rd and Evans. And like one day we're like trying to rush to take our kids to this thing with the mayor. And we get in the car and like the whole ignition is fucked up. <laughs> Excuse my language. No, you're good. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> so, so it was like somebody tried to steal our van. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's a blue van. It's um, It runs off of natural gas. <laughs> um, and so it was like the whole time I'm just like, I'm keeping my peace because I'm like, this is these are just the people we serve. Mm-hmm. And it's like really understanding, like you said, right, the black culture and why our people are so in need. And it's like in a moment when I, where I could have been frustrated, like somebody tried to rob our fucking van and all we're doing is serving you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like these people like this is why we're doing the job that we're doing. This is why we're taking our kids to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. event with the mayor. Um, this is why we're doing the work It's because. Um, these people deserve better you know right. they there should be no reason why they're trying to steal a community van mm. you know <laughs> there are plenty of reasons well, I mean, to you, yeah you know what i mean like they don't deserve those conditions that would mm-hmm. force them to, right. to steal a community van like everybody knows our spot they know our van and they right. know what we do and so it's just like it like hit me like okay you know just accepting accepting um the people that we serve, accepting, you know, the culture that we're in and mm-hmm. and what we do as service providers. And realizing yeah. people are going to steal your shit no matter where you go. <laughs> There's always somebody who's going to steal your shit, whether it be your car or that Capri Sun you put in the back of the refrigerator. There's always somebody who can steal. Oh, the hairdo, yeah, the hairstyle, like, the music. I think we do that, too. We, we try to put on black folks that black folks steal, black folks do this, black mm-hmm. folks do that. And then we don't realize, like, oh, shit. 
Samoans still. Samoans do this. Mm-hmm. They do that. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and that's part of it's our community anti- conditions. Yeah. yeah, conditions. Whatever community, like white folks do too. Yeah. I hate the whole black on black crime statistics oh. and right. conversation when white on white crime is the same. Mm. Samoan on Samoan crime is the same. Like, if Not you're publicized, yeah, if everybody in the community is of the same culture, mm-hmm. you're gonna have something on something crime. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, I just want us to get away from that, especially in poly cultures where we like demonize our kids if they. They decide to date a black person mm-hmm. decide to have black friends like we're good enough to be friends with but we're not good enough to date and and create families with you that only strikes uh, a chord with me because of that thing that happened i think it was last year where that someone dude killed that um or beat to death that black dude that came out of his house because he was seeing his sister damn you guys remember that yeah he was getting um tried at uh it's in Washington. He got, he was getting tried for hate crime because he was saying the N-word while he was beating the guy. Damn. But that's that's what I'm saying. If that dude was a poly, would, would it have gone down like that? Mm. Like, right. we're cool to hang out with and rap with and dance with, but when it comes time to date, like, what is... What's the politics around that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, why why do we project all this fear about black culture, yet we we don't deal with our own demons? Right. So we demonize others, yet don't deal with our own like moikolo issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Sexual assault, domestic violence amongst PIs is crazy. Our own yeah. suicide rates are crazy. Yeah, we want to focus and demonize black folks when when people from the island want to travel to America. Yeah, their their first words to their kids is, "Don't bring home a black dude mm. or a black woman." So it's just like, ah, mm. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's real. It's, a, it's lot. a lot. And it makes it also makes me think about the flip side too mm-hmm. of how um, there there are also you know. Uh, black folks who demonize or or pigeonhole us as Samoans or Pacific Islanders into uh, into certain uh, boxes, and how uh, I personally hope that that kind of uh, work can be done uh, to decolonize or to unpack um, in in the black community as well. Right, not holding up some bar saying like, oh tick for attack right but we know that uh it also exists yeah. um, on the flip side uh yeah just wanted to yeah yeah bring that part up but it's a heavy topic yo. it is a heavy, a heavy topic, topic. It, it, you know it can, it can go on for hours for yeah. hell long right and and i also like just want to uh acknowledge and appreciate the platform that you have afrotainia as uh a lot of the 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 topics that you cover in your podcast they really they they're really rooted in uh conversations like this and you get to tell us about your experience and you offer up a lot of uh insight and solutions and so really thank you for being here uh for being a part of this conversation taking the time and the and the energy to be here as well as you Fia thank you for um, all the work that you do in in the uh, in our community in the inner city with mm. with uh, urban youth, right? And and um, because you are from the the same uh, experience in the same neighborhood, that's what makes your work that much more important. Because you're not somebody from the outside coming right. in; you're from the inside doing the work. 
Thank you for your time and your energy of being here. And uh, just want to, yeah, acknowledge y'all for this space and this time. Uh, Something that we like to do when we get out of here before we used to ask ourselves, you know, how we're going to take care of ourselves. Uh, But we want to do this kind of word association thing, if that's Mm. all right with y'all. So we're going to give three words. And it's this whole whole idea around fill in the blank, right? When I think of blank, I think of. Okay? Okay. And that's for us too, right, partner? Yep. (laughs) Or it could be just them. It doesn't matter. Nah, it's all of us. Okay, here we go. So when I think of black culture, Mm. I think of. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I think of Black Panthers. Mm. When I think of black culture, I think of black joy. Mm. When I think of black culture, I think of the Orishas. Um, (laughs) um, I was just telling Dante just what a blessing it was to, you know, I grew up in a black community. And so like when I went to elementary school, we, we practiced a lot of black culture, like singing black hymns and, um, you know, like saying Ashe after, um, certain things. And I think it, it really empowered me learning more about the Orishas and the way just that religion traveled um, through the Caribbean Mm -hmm. and how it intersected with other people and communities. And so that's my association. (laughs) Right. Yes. What you, partner? I think of the same thing, partner. You you took my, or I'm, I'm on the same wavelength of uh, thinking about the black Panthers Panthers. and a lot of the revolutionary work Mm -hmm. of folks um, like that. Because of also, you know, the influence of the Black Panther Party to uh, to the Polynesian mm-hmm. uh, Panther mm-hmm. Party because a lot of the discrimination they was facing over there in New Zealand to the point where they became a chapter and yeah. they're included in the the, mm-hmm. the history, mm-hmm. right, which is dope. When I think of anti-blackness, Jeez. I think of... This conversation we had today <laughs> um, in... Damn. Hood culture. Mm. Anti-blackness. When I think of uh, anti-blackness, I think of uh, old Samoan people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Love you, Grandma, but yeah. Ooh, you know, got to go. So I think of the police force. Mm. 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 When I think of uh, anti-blackness, I think of, bitch, I wish you would. Nah. <laughs> Come on. And the last one, when I think of solidarity, Ooh. I think mm. of Angela Davis. Mm. <laughs> sure, I think of the Polynesian Panthers. Mm. I love what Angela's doing with feminism and just building those bridges. Angela. Yeah. When I think of solidarity, I think work. Mm-hmm. conflicts mm-hmm. solidarity will never be gained uh easily mm-hmm. and it'll take a lot of self-reflection and self-confrontation yeah yeah when i think of solidarity i think of uh what was said here earlier about you know the revolution starting within i heard that right mm-hmm. 
All right, y'all. Well, appreciate y'all for tapping in with For The Cultures. Uh, you could tap in with us on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at For The Cultures, and tap in with us uh, via email, forthecultures at gmail.com, especially if you liked uh, what you heard today, you want to offer up your perspective or anything like that, tap in with us. Uh, y'all want to, how can folks get in touch with y'all? At Fia415. Hey. At Afrotainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Daisha Afrotainer Speaks on Facebook and Afrotainer on Twitter. The Afrotainer on Snapchat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> applications are out. <laughs> you're you're going to be speaking in Seattle um, this week. On the 19th, yeah? On the 26th, 26th. I'll be speaking uh, at Uprise and participating in that. Uh, a lot of PI folks get together anywhere from six to 700. Mm. Awesome. Um, so it's going to be a great uh, experience. The theme this year is unity. Um, mm. So I That's, need to work on that. I'm work on your speech. Yeah. yeah. Come on, okay. Okay. U-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. Tell me, though. Let's say unity. Who you calling the bitch? U-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> oh, you need these hype men. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, where's Alfortana? She was escorted out. <laughs> she had to go. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good week. Um, Power to the people. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace, love, and happiness. Peace. This episode is brought to you by David Utuone and Manufo Lianga Anwa'i. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.